If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. One day I was feeling down and out. And then I put on my superhero cape and I was racing through the house, screaming, Shoot the dough, saves the day! And it made me feel better. I'm talking and I'm also listening to my notes and my earbuds. Danae has earbuds on and then her beats, her, over the top of her it. Dre beats over her earbuds. So she's listening to her notes on Batman from her iPod in her earbuds and then us through her beats by dre i am i would guess that audio notes you know when you're in the middle of recording an audio podcast is probably only going to complicate things for you today yeah i'm pretty sure i'm having a hard time concentrating on two things at once right now (laughs) (laughs) all right oh man i'm excited to talk about this movie i'm listening to where i stopped talking about batman but i'm still recording and it goes into a really interesting conversation between my husband and I in which we are semi-arguing about the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like listening back going, yeah, yeah, I'm still on board with my perspective. Yeah, I don't think I need to be correct I was totally right in that argument. I think I, <laughs> I, think I had that one. <laughs> well, we I should... wish I could relive some of my best arguments. All hail the concrete hero. Very nice. Very I've nice. only seen that movie 2,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> you ready to shoot a dough? Yes, I'm ready to shoot the dough. <laughs> good, <laughs> good. Dough. We will do it then. And yes, we're talking about Dark Knight Rises, brand new Batman movie. It is the third of the trilogy from Christopher Nolan. And it is, I think, it, are we certain this is his last Batman movie, Christopher Nolan? I am. Uh, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. But I guess never say never in Hollywood. That's so, the rumor. So he's putting a, kind of his bow on things and giving us the story, telling us the story he wants to tell us. Uh, man, there's a lot to go into on this movie. But first, let's just let's just start with what did you think, Danae? What did you think? I was really concerned going into this movie. Just going off of the previews, I really was concerned. I liked it. Now, the first, the first bat. <laughs> so wait, so okay. But I liked so it. You, I, I, I was, I was really like, oh no. So no, do you no, feel no, like no, you were no. concerned for a good reason, or do you feel like your concerns were unfounded? The first movie, Batman Begins, mm-hmm. was the only movie in the history of movies that I've seen where, at the end, I stood up and was like, "That's what it's all about," which is huge. 
Is this literal? Did you literally do that? I did. I literally, (laughs) I'm not even kidding you. I stood up in the theater. Batman is my favorite superhero because he's just a regular guy. You know, he's just doing regular guy stuff. He's not like bitten by anything or from another planet or anything like that. He's just a regular dude. Right. Well, I mean, he's (laughs) incredibly wealthy, (laughs) but anyways, he's my favorite. Right. So to see that this Christopher Nolan take on it and stuff was, it was good. so good. Right. And the whole thing from the beginning to the end, I'm like that. Yes, this, this, this means there could be a Batman out there somewhere. Second one got real dark for me. Like almost like, okay, yeah, now we're taking it into the twisted mentality of the dark, you know, mm-hmm. the, the adversary. Oh, it was just, it was way too dark for me. I had to go back and watch it a couple more times before I actually enjoyed it. It was so dark. Uh, so then going into the third one, it's just, I really didn't want it to be awful. So can it live up? Right. Like it was there's that. no way you can do this a third time. That's the, that's the, that's the quick answer. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Now I understand your concerns. I was concerned. <laughs> I was like, what? Five minutes? Right. Like- but you, li- <laughs> but you came out of it and you liked it. I'm still processing it. I think I'm, I think I might have loved it. Okay. But I'm still kind of like, Sure. Still, I'm still in that zone. Sure. I'm going to go next. Go uh, next, Darren. Uh, Jeremy, I'm going to let you you finish on this one. I okay. I really liked it. Um, I don't think it was as good as The Dark Knight. Uh, I think Heath Ledger is kind of the missing piece on that. Uh, just that kind of dynamic, oh, you know, just blow you away performance. Um, I didn't find in this movie, although I thought there were a lot of great performances. None of them just like, you know, blew me out of the water like his did. Um, but look, what it comes down to for me is Christopher Nolan is a stinking genius. Uh, the guy, yeah. the guy knows how to make a movie with layers, and he understands the progression of revealing information. Uh, it's just, it's just his movies are always like these beautiful puzzles that you, yeah. that don't feel like puzzles. They don't feel like you're trying to figure anything out, but at the same time. You, you can see the intricacy of them, and I just, this this movie to me reminded me that, yeah, the guy who makes the Batman movies is the same guy who makes Inception and Memento. I mean, his brain works that way, and he does it yeah. in these movies, too, and so I came away really, really impressed. What about you, Jeremy? I loved it. I loved it. Uh, if it's below Dark Knight uh, in total filmmaking quality, it's only by a hair, uh, and like you said, Heath Ledger's the main reason, and... I struggle personally with finding the line between, you know, <clears throat> I don't want to over-exaggerate his performance in the wake of the tragedy of his death, which I think is easy to do. Uh, but that was a pretty singular performance, and I don't think anyone in this movie was was going to touch that. Uh, and I don't think they were trying. Uh, but it's interesting what you said about performances, because I actually walked away with a couple of the performances really blowing me away in this movie. But well, in, in general, uh, that was as incredible a finale for that trilogy as, as anyone could expect. Uh, action, scale, humor, drama. Uh, and I didn't feel like it was a misstep at all. Well, let's move into the acting then, uh, since you bring it up. Who were your favorite performances? I was really surprised with, uh, well, not really even surprised. It's Anne Hathaway and, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I feel like they sort of stole the movie if you're looking at it from a, you know, the best characters or best performances standpoint. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't know what to to make of Anne Hathaway going in. Uh, I knew she was a great actress, but I was as skeptical as everybody else when she was cast. Uh, but she almost steals the movie. I thought. I totally agree. Danae, who are some of your favorite performances? 
Who is the second guy? I know who Anne Hathaway is, but who is second? Oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He was the cop, the policeman that. Ended oh, from up being like the third, third rock from the sun, kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Also from Inception and a lot of yeah. other. Yeah, oh yeah, stuff he was in Inception. And, yeah, and he's and actually he has been one of my favorite actors for a long time. He's also mm-hmm. in Five Hundred Days of Summer. He's incredible, and in this movie, he has this this really interesting role to play too, where it's like. A character that we don't know, that we're not familiar with, but seems to be a part of this story, and he just nails it. He just yeah. absolutely nails it. I, I think this movie solidified for me that he's the next George Clooney. Like, I think he's going to do 20 or 30 years more of outstanding work in all genres. Women will think he's handsome. He'll probably win awards. Like, he's just great, and he I is. think he's great in everything he does. He is. What about you, Danae? What are some of the other performances that, that you enjoyed? Those two for sure. <laughs> uh, so if you say other, what did you did you like Anne Hathaway? I did, and I was the same as Jeremy. I was conf- I was concerned, you know, like oh, Princess Diaries going to be Catwoman, huh? You know, but she was awesome. She's so good. It was really fun to watch her. She didn't overplay it or even underplay it. She just it, it, she, it became her own kind of thing, and that's what I want to see when I see be, see Batman. Um, the other Catwomans that I've looked at over the years, uh, I I've not enjoyed them at all. <laughs> I don't think you're alone in that sentiment. <laughs> I loved, I loved how she was the perfect balance—the perfect balance of being his foil and also his friend. Like there was right. this, re- like this, the tug and pull of that dichotomy was was I think a should be a hard thing to pull off, but she nailed it. Like I, I knew exactly who she was to him. Yeah, throughout yeah, the entire was- movie vulnerable at the right moments and strong and confident at the right moments like it's a it's a complete character it's not one dimensional in the least and i think a lot of actors or actresses would have approached that well i guess like you're saying with the other cat women that we've had you know just have one dimensional what's my one note and she found about 12 notes to play in this character she really she really did and um every time i saw her on screen i was i was drawn to her i wanted to I didn't want to reject her. I wanted to accept her from the very beginning because I love the Batman characters already. So yeah. to see, like you said, to see her play such a multiverse of uh, of angles when she's in each situation, um, she did an awesome job. What do we, how yeah. do we feel about Tom Hardy as Bane? I thought he was great. I love Tom Hardy. I love him in everything he does. I think he was handed a really, really crummy deck. You know, most of his face being covered up. You know, I think there's been a lot written about the voice that's hard for some people to hear. And I, I did lose a couple lines. But, you know, I thought given the constraints that he had and knowing that he was never going to live up to Heath Ledger and nobody would, I thought he was great. I loved the bad guy. Another concern of mine was like, who is this guy going to be like? What's he going to be like? First of all, I couldn't understand everything he said. But it didn't matter to me anymore because he was emoting through his voice acting. And it was interesting to me how he chose to deliver his lines. And almost it's like this was his playground. The world was his playground. So he wasn't quite Joker psycho. And he wasn't he, he had a mystery to him and he had a backstory to him that was building through the entire movie. And so it's like you kind of wanted to know more about the character as a person while also not liking him. But even the guys that were uh, the bad guys that were in his team, you know, they had this really interesting relationship with each other. I totally agree, and I think right from the get-go, I was he, I found him completely compelling. Like right from yeah. the setup of who he was in that first big plane action scene, I was just like, I want to see how this guy does what this guy does. 
because you're right. The people around him gave him this very strange devotion and respect. And there was this, you know, this real sense of God complex to him, but there was something a little different about it and off about it. I just, I, I thought it was, it was beautifully done. And I thought he did a lot with his eyes. Like, even though that was really the only Mm -hmm. part of his body we got to see other than one little brief moment where we got to see his whole face. Uh, I think it was it, he did a lot with it, and and I thought it was really really good. Just that like, we're gonna do favorites down at the end, and I'll just drop this one now because it's a small one. But one of my favorite moments in the whole film is when the guy who's paying Bane <laughs> tries to put his foot down <laughs> and says, "No, I'm in charge." And and all Bane does is lay his hand on the guy's shoulder, and you don't even see his face. The shot is from over his shoulder, pointed at the other guy. But you hear his voice say, do you feel in charge? And <laughs> it, it's the way he delivers the line and the casual nature. Like, the performance was just very energetic, very charismatic uh, across the board. Uh, I was disappointed, though. I have to mention, there's, a, there's a, a wrinkle in some of the ending reveals that I felt uh, chopped that character off at the knees uh, in terms of some of the bite that that he had uh and maybe i'm alone in thinking that I'm, I'm i don't necessarily want to spoil it but right and uh, we won't it, we won't spoil it i know what you're talking about and i will say i had the opposite reaction hmm. i felt like it gave that character an even greater depth i'm with aaron that's, on and, that and I, I, I guess what i i think that's totally valid i think on a different day i might have felt the same way you know what, what we're not going into is my history with batman like Danae, I'm loving batman i actually read the comics in yeah. college when that the Bane storyline was published. So I, 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 maybe I brought some of my own baggage into the reaction to that. But uh. Could be. I've noticed that in my discussions of X-Men with my brother because mm. he loved the comics. And so his takeaway on a lot of the movies were, well, they changed that. You know, I liked it better in, you know, when they just did this with that character or whatever. Right. And, I, you know, I, I'm not a comic guy. I've never read a comic in my life. So, you know, I don't know that stuff. So I get to experience these movies just as kind of their own thing. And, you know, if they do something that's not canon, I, I don't know. I, I do want to point out, I didn't mind that they changed canon because this whole movie changes canon a bunch of times and I don't care. I just had this picture of Bane as this sheer force of physical strength, uh, which is what I feel like the movie portrays him as for two hours and 35 minutes and then you're right if you if you sort of don't come in with that expectation or baggage then i can see where that that last wrinkle adds a bunch of depth and and maybe even humanizes the character and makes it more relatable since we've now seen this movie the dark knight rises and the avengers which we all loved earlier this summer uh, you're gonna ask but i do want to talk a little bit about how they are different and which type of movie we prefer to see what I mean by different, I think, is just the obvious things. Avengers is fun and popcorn and explosions and one-liners, and Batman is processing and thinking and dark and you know long sections of dialogue and you know which which type of movie at the end of the day, if either, do, would you prefer to to see on the screen? Well, as a new movie person uh-huh. in general, this is a really interesting question because I've no, I don't really think about these things. I just watch movies because it's something to do so I'm still processing Batman I don't know how to answer that very well um I think I prefer Batman the Dark Knight it's just more about the the harder part of life whereas the Avengers is more about the we're going to become you know a team and we're going to tackle this issue and the Dark Knight is more like when things are hopeless you know one person can make a difference by sacrificing you know and that and I think that 
resonates more with the humanity part of it. Like I relate to the Batman character because I'm I'm a human being. It's hard for me to relate to Thor because he's kind of like a god or whatever. <laughs> so I, I I want superpowers, you know. <laughs> I do. The reality is I'm probably not going to ever have the superpowers that are on TV and on the movies. So I more want to push towards this okay. more realistic Fair thing. Enough. Jeremy? Well, I'm hopeful that this is the summer that that finally lets the movie-going public end this debate comparing all superhero movies or all comic book origin movies. Just This movie should prove that, that just because it comes from a comic book doesn't mean they're easily comparable. Like the only comparison between the two is that they're summer tentpole blockbusters and they're both superheroes. But in my opinion, they're two completely different kinds of movies. I both I give them both an A for for what they were and how much they entertained me. But I, I have to go with Dark Knight Rises. It's it's a four course meal, and mm. the Avengers yeah. is a really really amazing piece of cake. Yeah. Right. I, I yeah, that's where I struggle. I think I lean Avengers and I totally agree though with what you say about meat and substance. There's yeah. so much more of that in the Dark Knight Rises. And I, I'm a meat guy. I love that stuff. I love thinking. I don't like to turn my brain off at the door, you know, and the Avengers is kind of that movie where you don't really have to process a lot necessarily. You just get to experience it. But worldview wise, I just I'm so much more in tune with the optimism and teamwork and strength of the Avengers than I am with the nihilism of the Dark Knight universe. Yeah. And so like I like there's this darkness that I just I don't identify with personally. I identify with the fun of right. the Avengers. And so that's why I think I lean that way. But you are absolutely right. They're completely different movies. And, you know, it is I mean, I love comparing any movie, whether they're completely different right. or not. That's why I make lists. You know, right. uh, I have Finding Nemo on my list and I have Shawshank Redemption on my list. They are very <laughs> different movies. Right. Right. You know, but uh, but I still rank them. So, you know, that's what I process is that I'm processing through this year. They're definitely, you know, my top two of the year so far. I'm just yeah. trying to figure out which one is number one. And I think right now I'm leaning Avengers, but that might change upon further review. I'm not sure. I'll be curious once you see Dark... I've seen Dark Knight Rises twice now. And it, it, I think it, you know, deepened the experience for me. There were a lot of things I picked up that the first time through, I walked out with maybe thinking there were quibbles here and there. And then in that second viewing, much like you were talking about the way Nolan is able to layer and reveal that puzzle slowly. And I saw things and heard things the second time that made me go, wow, he did do it right. I just missed it the first time. Yeah. Um, so it felt you know, I'll be really curious solid. to see on multiple viewings how our opinions change. We may want to address it again like next year or something. But right now I got to go with Batman. I, uh, I will be seeing it again. And the main reason is, is I did not get a chance to see it in IMAX. And I do want to see it in IMAX because I know almost an hour of this movie was shot in IMAX, which means there's yeah. a lot of screen real estate that I missed. Yeah. Like there's yeah, visual, there there's visual information that I did not get to process, and well, I want to process it. You should. I saw IMAX my first viewing, and then the second viewing with my wife, we went to a traditional non-IMAX viewing. And how did it compare? It hurt. Like I felt like I was punched in the stomach every Aww. time a scene came on that should have expanded up to the ceiling, uh, but it didn't. So One of my favorite like components of this, it was in uh, there's a epic fight scene, you know, kind of towards the end where you've got the forces of good battling the forces of of evil. There's a point. There's a point when they're all just going at you know they're all battling or whatever i remember i was sitting back from it because you've got you know batman and bane and they're like 
charging at each other in the midst of this battle that's raging. And I always look at the background. That's what I, I always I'm like, okay, yeah, it's going to be an epic fight. I wonder what the background guys are doing. <laughs> and so I watch all those guys. And you know what? I could not find anybody who wasn't giving it 100%. There was, there was not one fight in the background where they were just kind of like just kidding around and just maybe like throwing a punch and the one just kind of halfway falls over. Like the, every single individually gauged person had their own choreographed battle. Thank you. Thank you for taking it all the way through on all these levels. So when, again, when you're talking about these multiple layers where everything is being addressed, even in even those scenes when people are just, they're like in the background and they're not really seen, they didn't think of it that way. And I really appreciate that's that. That's a great, that's actually a beautiful metaphor for how Christopher Nolan makes movies when many directors are often over-concerned with the foreground. He is so meticulous with the background and I don't mean literally the background like you're talking about. I mean metaphorically the background of his movie, of what's going, you know, of the themes and of the, you know, the information and when it should be revealed. I mean, he's just, he's so careful. I for sure appreciated it. All right. Well, best and, of, worst of? Yeah, we're going to do worst of, best of, and we'll start with worst of so we can finish with the good stuff. Uh, I do, we really haven't mentioned any negatives yet. So I think worst of will be interesting because it'll be our first chance to really kind of find those things we didn't like. Um, yeah. Uh, let's start with you, Jeremy. What's your what's your least favorite thing? I'm going to go with general bloat, but I want to clarify that. Like it, it, it feels every bit of the two hours and forty five minutes that you're sitting there, and not every nearly three hour movie feels that long. And I've again, I've seen it twice. I tried to really analyze the second time what might they have cut out to make it a little shorter, and I feel like that was an impossible dilemma for them because almost everything in there feels important, either because of the performance or the plot. But, but ultimately, I, I think his vision was so huge that it may have even cost him to cut out things. There's a scene at the stock exchange, and then they get on motorcycles, the bad guys, and they ride away. And it's broad daylight. And the next scene, they're in a long tunnel highway, and the cops are chasing them, and Batman shows up. And then when they come out of the tunnel, it's like 10 p.m., total pitch black outside. And it's bothered me both times I've watched it, but I guarantee you there were stuff in the middle that got cut for time that explained why the sun went down for 30 minutes that we didn't get to see. But but in the in the end edit, because his vision was so big, I feel like he was forced to sacrifice here and there, and that may have impacted both how long the movie feels and may have created some of those continuity glitches that I'm not sure were there in the master cut. I'm glad you mentioned that. I noticed that. I chalked it up to the fact that I think Christopher Nolan is such a great director that he doesn't get the help he should on action scenes. I don't mm. think he's a fabulous action director. I think he loses track of continuity during action scenes. There's some stuff in The Dark Knight in one of the chase scenes with a truck that is mind-blowingly bad as far as action-wise. Like the truck starts to turn one way and then when they cut the next time it's turning a completely different way and there's just this continuity of motion that, that he's not as concerned with. And uh, so it actually, when I saw that I was like, huh, you know, it happened again. Here's this continuity thing during an action scene. And I just think that maybe that's the one area where he might want to tap somebody else on the shoulder and say, you know, help me figure out kind of the rules of shooting action. Because I, I yeah. think it, now the emotion of the action scenes are amazing. And, you know, all that other stuff works. It's just the 
sometimes I feel like the continuity of it doesn't work. So I did notice that, and I'm glad you brought it up. And for me, the it you know it just it felt a bit slow in parts. But you're right. I don't know. I don't know how you change that when you're trying to get all that information in. Right. Well, what about you, Danae? Couple, just a couple of things. Like I've already mentioned, it was difficult to understand Bane, and I wanted to hear more of his. Uh, his words like I wanted to be able to understand his words my husband said it really well he said you know um, however many years ago was Star Wars and Darth Vader you can understand him so why couldn't they change Bane his mechanical sounding voice to where we could clearly understand everything he had to say so I lost a lot of Bane in that way I probably missed a third of what he said to be honest. And it was really bothering me because again, I like to understand people and I usually can do that pretty well. I don't, I don't remember not understanding what he said. It's interesting, Aaron, that you didn't really have that problem. It was so much better than the the original trailers when everybody was really worried. They obviously fixed something. Uh, But yeah, everybody I've talked to, except for you, Aaron, has has missed a few lines at Mm -hmm. least. Yeah. Uh, So aside from that, which was already mentioned, um, I would say that getting Batman back into his role the reasons that he's re-entering the scene to me i wasn't connecting to his reasons very strongly i felt like batman as the lead he wasn't really the lead character in this movie there was a lot of other people who it was like a whole lot of people were kind of in the central theme of this of this film by the end of the movie i don't mind but at the beginning of the movie i'm confused as to why i'm not really connecting more to to Batman. That, you stole my worst thing. My worst thing is that there's not enough Batman. There's plenty of Bruce Wayne, but it just, it feels like, you know, I don't get enough of him doing the Batman thing. And there were times in this movie as I'm watching it, I'm going, man, I want to see Batman. You know, (laughs) it's like I came to see Batman. That's that's a very minor thing. All right. Well, I will start with my best thing. uh, And my best thing is the finale. I thought the last five to 10 minutes of this movie were some of the greatest movie making I've ever seen. I, yeah. It just blew my mind. I loved the end of this movie. I loved all the reveals. I loved the way it got me there. I loved the action. I loved the several different moments in the finale when you think something is about to be the finale, but it's not. There's something else. That's that's yeah. a very Pixar thing. They love to do that. False endings, you know. Uh, and it's just it just ups the tension and the momentum, and I love the way it was resolved. I think that was perfect. I love the message of it. I love what it means. I just yeah. I was, and I loved the the big big spoiler at the very end of who a certain character was, and I just I loved it all. Who's, Who's next? next? <laughs> I'll go. Um, well, you stole mine, and I'm glad that you did because I have backup. But just to tack onto what you said, yeah, I think that the final ten minutes of the film are perfect. Like, I don't think I don't think anyone could find a better way to wrap up that trilogy. It hits about seven or eight different really emotional beats in a quick time. Uh, just like you said, it was it was a perfect ending. But um, since you stole that, I'm going to say the first fight between Bane and Batman, which is one of the most brutal, uncomfortable to watch, violent things I've ever seen in my life. And it was supposed to be uh, and it was visceral for me. I thought it was really well done. That was a sock in the gut. And I think set me up. For the rest of the movie and everything they wanted to bring so yeah that's a good one what i really loved about this movie and i kind of hit on it already is the the humanity aspect where uh the theme continues to be that one person makes a difference whether it's you know someone who sweeps the floor or somebody who is you know got a lot of money that they can spend on it and that he being batman uh continually is willing to sacrifice his pride 
his image, what people think about him, both as Bruce Wayne and as Batman, for a greater cause. And and that's that's my favorite part of the movie is I felt like they really hit that again. And it's it's apparent in each movie. Speaking of knowing that this one was the end going in, if they somehow talk Christopher Nolan into making another movie in this world based on the last 10 minutes of the movie, I'll buy a ticket today. I would too. He's just, I, I think he's a masterful, masterful puzzle maker at the, yeah. at the cinema. And I just, you know. Man, Bravo, what is, Nolan. What is he doing next? Jeremy, Bravo. What are you, well, he's producing the, the Man of Steel. I don't know if you saw that trailer. I did see the trailer. Um, it's funny that uh, Zack Snyder's name, the director, is barely even on there. But then in huge funny. block letters, it says for producer Christopher Nolan. So, and, and what's what's interesting is, I don't again, I don't know if you've seen it, but it does have a different feel to me. It feels like a Nolan mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, he is on a short list of directors that I implicitly trust now. For me, I like all of his movies. For me, the the weakest is Insomnia, and that's like a B. And right. Everything else is an A, and and. You know, we haven't even talked about the prestige or you know, oh. any of the other films that he's made that, oh. that all share these qualities we're praising about setting up a reveal and the puzzle pieces uh, and the, the weight and spectacle of it. He's, he's great. In Nolan, we trust. I'm there. Thanks for listening to another episode of Shoe the Dough on this Sif Top episode, Dark Knight Review. It's super good. Rises. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, you, you got to get the verb in there. Oh, okay. <clears throat> the Dark Knight Rises movie re- review. Yes. Is that better? Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> we appreciate that you tune in. Share it with your friends. Go on to iTunes and review, rate, subscribe. Check out the website, shoothedough.com, and you can leave comments on that specific episode, and we will be reading some of those. Yeah, we'll finish up with one of your comments uh, like we've been doing recently. Do want to say thank you to 88.3 The Wind for letting us use the studio. Thanks to Chris Tilley from Hazo Records for producing the intro-outro music that we use. Thanks to our good friend Jeremy Scott for coming alongside us for the movie reviews. Thank you. You're welcome. Wait, why am I saying you're welcome? Yeah, you are welcome. Because you let me horn in on your famous podcast to Uh, talk about Batman. Batman. I've, I've gone to just using the... My pleasure. From Chick-fil-A. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Chick-fil-A a lot. Yeah. That's right. So now when people are uh, my pleasure. Oh, my, my goodness. Uh, so, yeah. So thank you to Jeremy who helps us out on that. We really appreciate you. And thank you for listening. And thank you for commenting at our iTunes. Our latest comment from Justin MC uh, titled Wicked Awesome. What? Justin says, let me start by saying I found them by looking for something to listen to for vacation. I chose a few Christian podcasts for my 12-hour drive and only listened to Shoe the Dough. They they kept me thinking and entertained while I drove my wife, two kids, mother, and father-in-law 12 hours. Oh, my. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I just can't say enough good about them, but be forewarned, they are wicked random, but so am I. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are. (laughs) Thanks, Justin. We appreciate you. And I know if you were here, you would say, my pleasure. Nicely done, Aaron. Thanks. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. No, I'm Batman. No, I'm Batman. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 
91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.